You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. Friends, I'm going to introduce you to a man that will become your new best friend, I'm hoping. Those of you hearing this, our television show is big in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and we are throughout the Arizona area uh, via uh, both, uh, you know, satellites, uh, DISH, Direct, etc. Dr. Todd Malin uh, came to me through a friend and I get requests all the time to do podcasts or to do television shows with various doctors. And many of them, you know, these are just doctors who do a lot of prescribing, a lot of surgery and so forth. And they're fascinating people and I love them all. But they're just not doing things that I would recommend, you know, my wife, uh, you know, my cousins and so forth go to see. But this guy brought something special to the table. Dr. Milan joins us right now. Thank you, sir, for joining up uh, with us. <clears throat> Oh, thank you for having me on, Doug. What a fascinating background. We got to chat over the phone, and and uh, Dr. Milan was in uh, at the Bethesda uh, Navy Station when I was, uh, I think, in San Diego at the hospital in San Diego. But you've done a stint in the military yourself. Uh, you were, are you still an OBGYN? Do you still do that? No, uh, most of my practice has, has evolved over time with the changes in technology and the new techniques that have become available. That's That really isn't a part of my practice anymore. Really, the focus has been on uh, fat transfer procedures and the, the stem cell procedures. Let's talk about that a little bit. There's a doctor named L, uh, I'm sorry, Ed Millman out at Medical City, Dallas. You may not know him. I think he was OBGYN too. He has appeared twice on my show, and every time he comes on, Dr. Melman. Our phones go crazy and his go crazy. I used to meet him at the lunch area there at the hospital, and he was doing what's called explantation. So he would take these uh, bags out of the breasts of women because the women were having so many health problems, and nobody could figure out. You probably remember that. Nobody could figure out why all these symptoms were coming on, but it was kind of autoimmune disease that they were giving. Well, he pulled a couple of them, and he brought them to show me, and they were black. They had leaked. They had a mold. I think he isolated aspergillus or fusarium growing on them. And no wonder these women were having all these problems. But one of the areas I want people to really hear me when I'm interviewing you is uh, not only breast augmentation, but literally everything. You took a love uh, many years ago, a decade ago or so, to fat transplantation eventually led to stem cell uh, transplantation. Is that right? Yes, yes. As, a, as an OBGYN, uh, many of my patients were, were on the internet and they were hearing stories about uh, the use of fat transfer as an alternative to breast implants mm -hmm. or as an alternative for once you explant, uh, being able to, to provide some filling to the breast and also for breast reconstruction techniques after cancer. And although those fat transfer techniques were first started in the United States, that was back in the 80s when the, the technology just wasn't quite there yet. And the results were very poor. And, and it was one of those very rare procedures in which it was actually banned in the United States where we were told, no, you cannot do fat transfer to the breast. And uh, with these new techniques and new technologies that were appearing in, in other countries, especially in Japan, uh, it, it looked like it was a really good option for my patients. And my patients said, hey, where do we go? Where do we get this done? 
And I, I talked to all of my, uh, my good colleagues that were doing plastic surgery and, and reconstructive surgery, and, and just nobody was involved in that because of the, the old existing prejudice against the procedure. Mm-hmm. So it, it really became necessary for me to take it one step further and, and really find out how they were doing these procedures and to be able to offer it for my patients. So you got on a plane and went back to Japan and began studying this, and what you brought back uh, was uh, this technology. Can I ask, where do you harvest stem cells from? You say fat. Are they just available in our fat tissue? Well, virtually all of the tissue in our body contains stem cells, and those stem cells in those particular areas are there for the purpose of helping with regeneration of tissue. So you have it in the the fluid that lines your joints, you have it in the capsule that lines your joints, you have it in your teeth, you you have it in many different tissues throughout your body. Um, however, there's this unique aspect to the, the, ad, to the stem cells that are contained within the adipose tissue or fat tissue. And it, we, we think of that as more of a reserve site, meaning that those, those stem cells really just sit there sometimes your entire life just waiting to be activated and waiting to be called into action. And uh, we, we learned that if we, we help to assist that process, we can dramatically improve the ability for those stem cells to to be able to aid in that repair process. Yeah, these are cells waiting to happen. I mean, this is very, very exciting technology. I have a friend in Los Angeles who about four years ago uh, gathered about 50 patients, did stem cells, and he told me this, and, and correct me if he was wrong, but he said, Doug, the most amazing thing about this, I'll do it for joint problems and so forth, and these people will report that, you know, I had gout horribly, and now that's better. Or, you know, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. My back was so sore. Something remote from what he was doing with the wrist or the elbow or something where he injected these. And the stories, I, he had a patient uh, with a knee problem who ended up not having surgery because he took fat cells and he took the iliac crest, he took bone cells and uh, injected that into her knee, and her depression got better. Do you ever hear, I know that's remote, but do you ever hear stories like that? Yes, all the time. I mean, that's where it really began to evolve. The, the, the understanding of what stem cells do became uh, or evolved from actually treating patients and seeing these unexplained changes. So in 2009, when we were the first center in the United States to offer adipose uh, tissue stem cell therapies, it was really just focusing in on breast reconstruction. And we started to see patients coming in saying, hey, Dr. Malin, my breasts look great. You did a wonderful job, but my rheumatoid arthritis is in remission or uh, my joints aren't hurting any longer or my irritable bowel symptoms uh, syndrome symptoms have started to resolve. So it was all of those secondary findings that really got us to focus in on, hey, what is going on here? What are these cells doing? And it, it, it really changed our view of stem cells and how they actually function. See, this is an area I know that's exciting for people listening right now. Uh, autoimmune disease, I'll never forget reading an ad on an airplane, you know, many years ago. It was put out by AAAID, American Academy of Allergy and uh, Immunology. And the ad said there are currently 79 autoimmune diseases, and doctors don't know the cause of any one of them. And I began to think, you got to be kidding me. There's all, cancer is one of them, folks. Uh, diabetes is one, lupus, you know, the list is almost endless. Will we ever fully understand, Dr. Malin, what these are, or will we first begin to fix them and then just kind of swipe our forehead and say, Phew, 
you know, at least they don't have that syndrome going on anymore. Yeah, there, if you look at autoimmune disease and the way that we've approached it in the United States over the last 50 years, there really hasn't been any dramatic change. I mean, we've come up with new drugs that help to suppress the immune system, but in near, nearly all cases, those drugs are providing a temporary benefit in in um, helping to uh, to sm to keep a, a disease in a smoldering state, not actually resolve the disease, and that there's a lot of secondary uh, non-beneficial side effects to those those. Uh, mm -hmm drugs. Those drugs inhibit the repair process. So your immune system is important for, uh, in an, even in an autoimmune patient, you want to have some degree of functioning immune status to be able to resist disease and to help with the, the normal healing. And what we have seen is that with, with really understanding what the body does to heal itself and helping to promote the normal healing process, we've really began to not only understand the disease, but also begin to understand better ways to treat the disease in a much more natural way. Hmm. We're talking with Dr. Todd Malin. He is in uh, in the Scottsdale area, right, Arizona? Yes, we have a, a, an office here in Scottsdale and another one in the L.A. region. Oh, good for you. I'm so happy because we have quite an audience out in Los Angeles. Um, tell me this. I, I'll never forget, uh, years ago, I was working with doctors at Medical City Dallas out here, and people came in, uh, contending anyway, reporting that they had Lyme disease. And so I began studying this, and I'm going back a couple of decades now, and in the absence of a bullseye mark right on their body being bitten by this tick, or traveling, you know, being in Michigan or something like that where the ticks are, this was very confusing to doctors back then. Everybody contended they had it. Um, and I'm understanding now that you and other specialists and very few other specialists are actually assisting some people with Lyme disease that has gone on a long, long time, uh, unresponsive to treatment, which is antibiotic generally, and you're able to assist them with stem cell therapy. Is that correct? Yeah, and this this has evolved also in response to treating patients for other conditions and starting to see improvement in additional areas. So, for example, treating patients for uh, the the side effects of Lyme disease, meaning like the joint disease that, that had gone along with Lyme disease, and our focus had been just to help to repair the joint damage with the stem cells, and then watching their their antibody titers drop and seeing dramatic improvement in their constitutional symptoms, how they generally felt in their brain fog, and seeing those start to resolve. And then we began to understand in working with the laboratory folks who, who went back to the lab and said, why is this happening? How does it make sense? Mm -hmm. And they started to see that, wow, the stem cells have a tremendous effect on resetting your immune system. And in addition, they also have a tremendous effect at directly killing uh, bacteriuses, viruses, funguses, mm -hmm. um, and a variety of, of invading microbes that, that lead us to eventual disease. And also understanding and, and seeing the effects of stem cells on the underlying, uh, the, the detoxification issues. So these patients, you know, they're exposed to, to uh, things within their diet and things in their environment and some of them have uh, genetic predispositions to not being able to handle toxins very well, and that leads to their, their susceptibility to these infectious diseases. And being able to fix that underlying problem is a huge advantage for the patient.
It is a huge uh, advantage, and very often a patient will come back to the doctor and see that their blood serum titers have actually decreased to some of these, you know, bacterial, fungal infections, et cetera, or Lyme disease. Rarely, folks, I'm one of you, right? Uh, Dr. Malin isn't, he's a physician, but I'm one of you. I rarely care how my migraine headache went away, just so it does. What Dr. Malin's saying is there is new technology, and he was one of the pioneers of this out there today. Look, breast augmentation is great. We have a safer way of doing it now, right? That we don't have to do explantation. But there's a whole new world out there for those of you concerned as we age uh, that the body is beginning to deteriorate. Stem cells are kind of youthful cells. How do they work inside the body? Has science ever been able, Dr. Malin, to put their finger on it and say, okay, here's what they do? Yeah, we, we've made incredible strides just within the last 10 years. Uh, initially, our, our entire understanding of stem cells was based on, hey, this is a, a primitive cell population that has the ability to replenish itself so they can grow, they can uh, uh, replenish themselves after they've been utilized, and they have the ability to differentiate or to change into other tissue. So our entire focus was, okay, what we're going to use stem cells for is replacing tissue that has been damaged by taking the stem cells and forcing them to change into that other tissue. But in the process of doing so, we learned that the stem cells are a lot smarter than we are. The stem cells are much more capable at repairing tissue instead of replacing. The stem cell doesn't want to replace a, a knee ligament cell because once it does that, it's now forced to become that type of cell for mm -hmm. the rest of its life. It would much rather resolve the entire environment by releasing specific proteins like cytokines and trophic factors that decrease inflammatory response, increase the blood supply, reset the immune system, uh, defend the body against microbes and autoimmune reactions, and then go on to promote healing of the tissue. And then once they're done with those jobs, they go right back into storage. So there really are little independent drug stores that are in our body constantly evaluating the circumstance and helping the body to release whatever chemical signals it needs to aid in the repair process. You're a plastic surgeon now. You do a lot of plastic work. And, and let's go back 10, 15 years. Everything at that time was Botox, you know, which was a toxin that we injected to help with fine wrinkles. And I'm going to tease you here a little bit and, you know, take it forever, whatever it's worth. Do you see stem cells contributing to longevity, not only in the way we look, but I mean actually retarding the physiological aging process in we humans? Well, what we do know is the stem cells are very effective at repairing damaged tissue. I mean, even in everyday use, about 22 million cells in our bodies require daily repair or replacement. If all of a sudden our body stopped utilizing stem cells or the stem cells stopped functioning, Within three months, our bodies would deteriorate to the point where we would no longer be able to survive. Wow. So they're, they're constantly doing that job. Now, what, there have been some interesting models that have been developed to where we've said, stated, or they've developed these techniques to say, hey, you know what? These the stem cells, uh, over time, because of attrition, because of the fact that the stem cells have become copies of copies of copies and they've weakened their capability, that if we could take a fresh batch of stem cells and we could raise them in such a way that we maintain their capability and that we could give those stem cells in a yearly basis or a semi-annually basis, there is the potential for really prolonging the, the ability to maintain that excellent repair status. So you're still gonna age, but your ability of your body to uh, respond to aging would be much better 
much more like it was in your early 20s than it was in your late 70s. Yeah, I see that more and more. There's so much. I have so many friends who are in the, you know, look, we can't stop the uh, chronologic aging process. We can retard the physiological aging process, which kind of is a, a beg to this next question. Have you found in your practice, and here's one of the reasons I love doctors like you, in 2006, when a question mark came up in your head, you had no problem hopping on an airplane and going to Japan and beginning to study this. So this question is probably fitting. Have you found any supplements that are readily available? Have you found dietary components that might enhance what these stem cells do or their ability to last a long, long time and further enhance your health? Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the early stages of utilizing stem cell therapies, we really had two groups of patients. We had the amazing outcomes that every day made my, my job just uh, a joy to, to be a part of. And then we had those patients that, although their stem cell counts were wonderful, they just mm -hmm. didn't seem to respond whatsoever. And then we started to really delve into what is going on with that individual. We started to see that their micronutrient status was poor. Mm -hmm. Their vitamin D levels were poor. They had a lot of inflammation and they may have had a poor oxidative state. So then we started to focus in on what can we do pre-therapy and post-therapy to really maximize the potential for the cells to work. And as the basic scientists really began to be able to explain to us how the stem cells have their effect, we began to, uh, to potentiate that effect by doing good micronutrient and supplement replacement, making sure the vitamin D levels were where they needed to be, dealing with issues such as MTHFR and other issues that can uh, inhibit the detoxification pathways, and also maximizing the oxidative potential by providing good oxidative therapies, both pre and after therapy. Yeah, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? We can, some patients thrive and some get the same therapy and don't thrive. And you folks, you look at their lifestyle and they're smoking and they're having a couple of glasses of wine a night with dinner and they're hooked on candy and so forth. And, and this is why I love doctors like Dr. Todd Malin, who I'm speaking with right now. They look at the whole lifestyle. Yeah, you could use some help in this area, but can I further educate you? I'm so proud of you graduating, if you will, from Scottsdale all the way to uh, Los Angeles. Do you see one day, Dr. Malin, the Malin uh, approach being widely practiced around America? Well, it's 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 that it's the ability to work with other doctors from uh, from throughout the world. I spent a year and a half working outside the United States, working with some of the top stem cell uh, researchers throughout Asia and throughout Europe, really understanding what they what they had discovered in their own practices and beginning this collaborative process, starting to work with the, the naturopathic doctors and the holistic doctors to really understand what part they have to play in helping us to provide this, this benefit. So now our approach is really that collaborative effort of bringing together like-minded individuals who state, who, who understand that we can really potentiate the best ability for the body to fight and, and to be able to uh, adapt to the normal aging process and disease process by maximizing their potential for health. And it's that collaborative effort that's really important. Yes, we are, we are continuing to uh, develop those techniques and protocols working with many doctors throughout the country and throughout the world. That is so exciting. I remember a guy named Nathan Pritikin. Uh, who I met many, many years ago, and a guy named Robert Adkins, who I used to have lunch with all the time. And folks, these guys were pioneers. They got in trouble, 
when they began doing what they do, they got in trouble. And you heard Dr. Malin say, you know, I, I wasn't accepted as readily as I would have thought a dozen years ago, but here I am today really impacting people's lives favorably. And I raised my right hand coming out of medical school and I said, I'm going to do what's right and decent for these people and really try and help them get what they want. So every once in a while, you'll find a doctor like Dr. Todd Malin. Can we get your contact information for people listening? How can they get in touch with your office? Well, our, our website is uh, mystemcelltherapy.com, and uh, our office phone number is 480-998-7999. I may have, uh, I probably should have talked to you before we did this podcast, but are you accepting new patients? Oh, always. I mean, okay. we learn so much from our patients that it's that uh, it's it's a wonderful adva- uh, time to really work and and to, to hear as many different stories and and so many times we're we're talking to patients that have been to uh, some of the the most um, highly reputable centers throughout the world and throughout the United States and and nobody can come to a, a conclusion as to what's going on with them and many times we can't either but we are able to at least help their body to maximize its healing potential. And that's just a wonderful opportunity. (laughs) This might uh, fit you also. I'll never forget Dr. Robert Adkins once told me the problem with fixing people is you need new ones. You know, (laughs) you can't, it's not come in for a new prescription, but uh, I had a lot of fun with him and I've had a lot of fun on this uh, podcast. I really appreciate the time you gave us. I know how busy your practice is. And uh, I sure, uh, sure enjoyed chatting with you. You're an amazing man. Thank you for coming into my life and sharing with our listeners uh, how their lives might also be changed. Thank you very much, Doug. Appreciate you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at com. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash know the cause. 